Allison and I are like really intense about this piece because <laughs> I think we feel like there's a lot of marketing coaches or marketing helpers out in the world that don't do this step. And by missing this yeah. step, it's actually how could you possibly give advice to somebody that you know this much about? Marketing doesn't have to be complicated. In fact, it can be quite simple. Hey, we're Allison and Peggy, two marketers who have a combined 30 plus years of diverse and in-depth marketing experience who love to help businesses find success with their marketing strategies. We teamed up to work hands-on with our clients every single day to teach you what works and what doesn't for marketing so you don't waste your time or money, all based on our real life experience. No matter where you're listening from, get ready to get loads of value to help put your business on the path to success with marketing tips that are tried, true, and really work. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, I'm Allison. And I'm Peggy, and we are the MAP Coaches. Today, we want to talk to you guys about what to look for in a coaching program for any type of coach that you're going to be working with. Um, We had someone send us this really awesome article that was super insightful from the Federal Trade Commission. And we just thought that we would go through some of the points that they mentioned to avoid business offer and coaching scams because they are prevalent in our online world. And we want you guys to be careful and make sure that you're choosing the best coaching programs for you. I love it. Yeah, let's dive in. Point number awesome. one. Um, okay. So the first point from the Federal Trade Commission is to take your time and talk to someone you trust. And I think this is a really good point because you don't want to jump into something that you don't know some something about the person that you're wanting to work with, right? Um, and it's important too, because one, you don't know if this is going to be the best fit for you based on what you're wanting some coaching for. And then also you don't know if you match what this coach is promising and saying that, hey, we're going to help you do this. Well, is that really what you need to do or are you ready to do that? So in our case, Peggy, why don't you talk a little bit about the process that we take potential clients on just to make sure that they're a really great fit for our program and we can best help them? Yeah. So our first one is something that we've been talking about lately is the audit. So Allison and I are like, really intense about this piece because I think we feel like there's a lot of marketing coaches or marketing helpers out in the world that don't do this step. And by missing this step, it's actually how could you possibly give advice to somebody that you know this much about? So our very first one, and I'm not going to say that if this coaching program doesn't offer an audit, then it's a waste of time. I'm not saying that. I don't want to discount someone doing it differently than us. But when it comes to the map coaching world, that's what our very first thing is to get to know that business as well as we possibly can. So we do a really deep dive into the business. And and maybe the coaching program doesn't do a huge deep dive, but maybe they do a little bit of research into who you are. Because if they're not doing that, then that's a huge red flag, right? They don't care. (laughs) Well, and even prior to that, we get on a call with the potential clients just to make sure that we're going to be a good fit because, you know, it is a relationship that we're going to be forming with them and we want them to trust us. We want to make sure that they're a great fit and we feel really confident that we can help them be successful. Um, So it even goes farther back to say that we get on a Zoom call with everybody that we talk to. And then If that, you know, is promising, then we move on to the audit. And then the audit tells us if they're even a good fit for coaching because, because we have had it, it doesn't happen often, but we have had it where we have gone through the audit process and we realized, 
oh my goodness, what this business needs is not something that we can provide at this moment. They actually need to go back to some pretty major foundations. And we always make that recommendation and we always, you know, send them in the right direction there. But um, and like I said, that's not a common occurrence, but it is something that happens. And and we feel like that gives us the integrity to know that everybody who works with us, we feel, feel really confident that if they put put in the work that they're supposed to and everything goes according to plan, then success is definitely on the other end of our work with them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So moving on to point number two, they say, do some research. So I guess this is such a good point, but I look at our business, Allison, we're new enough that you wouldn't be able to do a ton of research on our particular business. You're not going to get a lot, but yes, you should do some research to some extent. So what are the kinds of research that somebody can do? So one of the things I was thinking about, and I'm actually going to bring up this story because I think I talk about it in a different podcast episode, but there was a time when I thought I was getting scammed, right? And I honestly... Some of the things that really made me start to worry was I went looking for any kind of online um, things that would point to this being a legitimate business. And the first place I went was social media. It was a photographer. And I figured, okay, if a photographer is doing their due diligence, they're going to throw a bazillion pictures on social media somewhere. So I went looking on social media for their Facebook page or Instagram, and they had not posted in three years. And that was my very first like red flag that got thrown up for me was like, oh no, like what if this business is a dormant business and they're not, and somebody used, you know, almost like catfishing in a way, like they used an old business profile to start scamming people. That's honestly what I thought had happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and So one of the ways that a business should be posting regularly on Facebook, and that's a great way to see, okay, maybe this person doesn't have like a better business bureau profile, or maybe they don't have like a bunch of stuff on Glassdoor, which is somewhere you'd go to see, okay, I want to make sure I'm doing my due diligence and know that this business is legit. But okay, so maybe they don't exist there but now go onto their social media and see what kinds of stuff they're posting. Are they active? Are they regular? Are people commenting on them? Do they have followers? Like if all of those things yes. are true, then you could pretty much be bet that they're probably a legitimate business, albeit probably small. So yeah. Yeah. And, and definitely follow the rabbit trail. Cause I know in your situation, I mean, that, that story is just crazy, but I know you said there were so many things off. Like, wasn't it something about the location was really odd too? Yes. Yeah. I went to Google reviews mm-hmm. um, and noticed, so, you know, it's a photography business. I figured probably some people have posted images of them going and getting their pictures done as a family. Cause that happens a lot. Right. They had nothing. The only images I saw on their Google review were images of this building, like the outside of a building. It wasn't even like in the studio or pictures of the studio or even somebody holding a camera. It was like the street view of like a building. And it was like, I was like, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Oh, so bizarre. So yeah. Right. So, there's, yeah. so there's probably multiple uh, <laughs> reasons why someone may believe like, oh my goodness, this may be a scam. And if you're thinking that to yourself, you know, uh, definitely follow your gut and, and do some research. So for sure, to make sure that 
it's legit because yes, yes. there's unfortunately those are prevalent. Right. For sure. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. All right. So the third point is to read success stories and testimonials with skepticism. Um, you and I were talking about this, Peggy, that, oh yeah, I mean, I guess that is true that people could create these testimonials and success stories um, and, and just craft them really nicely on a site. I mean, people are super, super crafty that way. Um, and so a great way to figure out if this testimonial or review is legit is you could do some research by just going to Facebook or social media, or even just Google and just putting in the name of that individual, if it's a person or the company that's in the review or allegedly leaving the review and just see if they pop up as a legit person. Um, and if they do, it's probably pretty safe. (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess it's dependent, but I think it's pretty safe to say, Oh, it's okay. And then also I know a tactic that a lot of coaches will use is they will actually screenshot, um, the review wherever it lives. So on Google or like a comment on a Facebook post or a review on a Facebook page to show that legitimacy. So you could definitely look that way for, um, for that too. And, and Peggy kind of mentioned the things, cause we talked about this prior to getting on and recording this podcast episode about the things that might be missing that are a good indicator of, Oh, there may be some problems going on. So miss. Oh yeah. So, um, if you're not, um, what we try to do in our business is we've got images of the coaches that we like the people that we've been able to help. If we've put a testimonial yeah. on there, we try to do their image of their, their headshot or something that just shows like, Hey, this is a legitimate business, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, but they may not feel comfortable putting someone's first and last name, but we always try to put the yeah. business name at the very least. Right. So on our yeah. website, if you go to um, mapcoaching.net, you can see like we post a, a video testimonial. We were really lucky that we had uh, one of our clients post a video testimonial for us, which is huge. Like yeah, <laughs> we yeah. were so lucky to get this amazing testimonial. And so therefore we have this amazing ability to say like, look, she's a real person, you know, and then we were able to put her business name. So you can always like Allison was saying, kind of do follow the trail backward to just make sure the business name is listed, you know, make sure that, you know, that kind of thing. So I think that's a great way to just double check. Yeah, no, great pointers. And you can check for these reviews and testimonials on like sales funnels, definitely websites, Um, check Facebook reviews as well. And Google reviews. Um, Those are also really helpful. And if you find that reviews or comments are turned off on a Facebook page, (laughs) you should probably be questioning why that's the case. Um, (laughs) I've come across that a few times and Mm -hmm. I've been, that's been brought to my attention a few times too, by some of our clients, which has been interesting. And, um, you know, it's something that you wouldn't typically think about, but it's definitely really important to, to look into that as well. Right. Because a business, if, if they have, so I've noticed two things, but by the way, on social media, if they've turned it off, that means that there are too many negative reviews that they can't, they don't have a way of controlling it. Yeah. So they're going to just turn them off. So that way, um, you know, and I do this a lot for, um, there's a lot of online businesses like Timu and things like that, that sell things for really, really cheap. And how do you know the product is any good? Right. I mean, like it's really hard as a, a consumer, an online consumer to go, this isn't crap that I'm spending $50 on that I'm going to come and it's going to be a 
$5 worth of product. Right. So um, the other thing I've noticed is um, what will sometimes happen even on glass door is that the business will try to hide the negative review under a bunch of positive reviews. So like on Glassdoor, especially if you go to a coaching site and you want to see, um, and this is good too, if you're looking for a job, but like you want to see if there's negative things being said about, about this business and you see a bunch of posts at the very beginning on the first couple of pages that are all from people that have worked there for less than a month or, uh, yeah. you know, just be wary of that because what businesses will try to do is hide the negative review under a bunch of positive. And this is what SEO is for too. A company can pay a good SEO person to hide and they build a bunch of positive, um, a bunch of positive stuff that lives over the top of the negative stuff. So actually once upon a time, I worked for a marketing agency And this business, they were a legitimate business and they were actually a really good business, hardworking, honest people. And a very disgruntled old employee went and left this horrendous review on their website or somewhere like Google or something. And that kept them from getting business because people would go in, do their research Mm. and see this horribly negative review. And so we were hired, our SEO team was hired to come in and correct that. And how did we do it? Well, we went in and created a whole bunch of positive content. We, you know, ran articles in the newspaper and we did all sorts of stuff so that it would live over the top of the negative review. Now, although that was for a good reason, People do often like businesses that are scammy will often do that same thing so that you can't find the good stuff about it or the negative stuff about it. That's true. And I come from a PR background. So I tell people this a lot. It's not necessarily the bad review that's important. It's how the business responded to the bad review. So I always tell people like totally side note, but if you have a bad review left for you, always go in and respond to that and comment right. on it. So that's important too, when you're pre-vetting a coaching business is see how did they respond to the bad review or did they? Yeah, that's true. I know. I always tell people, business owners, you've got to, you've got to play ball and you've got to, yeah. you know, show that you are fully active in your business and invested in that client success. So for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Good times. Okay. So the next one is to check your coach's credentials. Again, how do you do that? There are some businesses out there that have these like maybe pretend certifications or bogus certifications. So make sure that if somebody is saying, Hey, I'm certified business coach in X, Y, and Z, follow that paper trail and find out where that certification came from. Look to see if that is a legitimate certification program. Yeah. Um, the other thing, like Allison and I don't throw certifications around. Um, and there are, and I'll even have Allison talk about this too. Like there are a lot of people that they've not even worked in the industry they're trying to coach in. And so how, Allison, maybe you could tell us, how would you find that out? How do you search that out? Yeah. Well, I think look for longevity. And one way that we do this is of course, we talk about our extensive backgrounds and what we do. Um, And so I think you can look for that, but also you could 
you know, do with your research, I think you'll uncover that too, to see if there's any problems. <laughs> um, but yes, that happens a lot where people will coach on something that they've never done. And you definitely want to be wary of that. The success stories I think are really helpful. And I really think everything that we just mentioned previously, Peggy, will all come into play to make that conclusion of, oh, has this person really done this or not? And just, you know, just Google their name. Everybody, you know, the first thing people do when they want to find out something about a business as they go to Google, right? So so just put their name in Google and see what you find out. The individual coach's name as well as the coaching business or the program and just see what you find. Um, right. Because if they haven't produced results and they left people pr- pretty unhappy, then, um, then that's a good indicator that maybe something's awry. Right. Well, I noticed this too, Allison, when we first started this business that I had some of our clients go check me out on LinkedIn. And I felt horrible because I don't do a good job of keeping my LinkedIn profile like, like tidy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Seeing a lot of information in there. And like, and I was like, Oh, one of these days I have to fix that because that's another great way. If you, if it's an online coach and you've never heard of them before, go to LinkedIn and see what their LinkedIn profile looks like. Let's see. um, Because maybe they haven't been a coach for very long but they've worked in the industry for hundreds of years. Okay. Not hundreds, but like, you know, they've been it forever. I mean, I've been it almost 30 years I've been in marketing. So yeah. I mean that there's something to be said for that. Like, um, sure. so you can go back and double check somebody on and LinkedIn's a great place for that, especially for like a business profile or, yeah. you know, just to double check. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to throw in a bonus point that they don't mention um, before I go to the next one actually is something that you can look for is any um, guarantees or money back options. Because I do find that the online world is as many negative things that tend to live out there. I think this is a really positive thing is that people will allow you to test a program. And if you do all the work and follow what they tell you to do, they will give you money back um, if you're not happy or suited. So this is a good way to see that something's legit because if they're willing to make that guarantee to you and say, look, if you go through this for whatever time span and then you do all the things that we mentioned and you just aren't finding that this is for you, We'll give you your money back. So that's a good way to see that somebody's probably quite legit and really cares about the people in their program. So yeah. throwing that out there came that's to mind. Like, that's a fantastic one. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And last but not least, the final point from the Federal Trade Commission is be ready for the upsell. Uh, this is kind of interesting to me, actually, that they mentioned this because here's the thing. Like, no, you don't want you don't want to feel pressured or slimy. And I think the thing is, if it, if the cell feels that way and it feels like there's a lot of pressure and it feels like you're on one of those bogus scam calls that you get where people are like, oh, you got to pay me right away, then then no, that's probably not legit. You shouldn't feel that way. And there should be a pre-vetting process like Peggy and I take, you know, you both, we both take our clients through. Um, so, but something to keep in mind because I think this could be misinterpreted is that typical sales funnels will take people through a process. So you might go through a legion and get something for free. And then you might get an email saying, Hey, do you want to come to our program? Yes, you have to pay for it, but here's what we can do for you. Um, or maybe you buy a low ticket offer, like a tri- through a tripwire, for example. And so you pay a small amount to get a little bit of value, and then you could upgrade to a coaching program of sorts. 
Um, and so, and I don't find, I mean, clearly that's okay with us because we teach people how to do this and it's just about positioning the value and making sure that it's done really, really accurately. Um, so I'd be wary of that. I don't think that that is fair to say that that's just a bad um, thing, but I don't know if that's necessarily what they're saying with upsell, but yeah, if the sell feels rushed and pressured and just, is it sitting right with you? Then definitely analyze that before moving forward. Yeah, for sure. This is a place where you just want to follow your spidey senses, you know, just make <laughs> yeah. sure that like, you know, um, you know, and also make sure. So this is what I wanted to add to what you were saying. So if you're not as familiar with this in terminology in the industry, there's something called a lead magnet and there's something called a tripwire. And both of them are designed to help draw in a clientele when you don't have one. Yeah. So the idea behind it is to give a little bit of your coaching or or your services out into the universe and say, hey, I'm willing to give this to you for free to give you a small taste of what we do. And then if you like that, you can come in and I will give you more, but now you have to pay for it or you have to pay more for it. Um, what I would be weary of is uh, the jump in price. So let's oh. say you had like a tripwire. So people often will say oh, it's called a tripwire. And what that's designed to do is help that business owner pay for maybe um, sad ad costs, <laughs> sad ad <laughs> costs. <laughs> um, but it also gives you a small, like, so we have a, a client that does a booklet um, that gives information that's extremely helpful mm-hmm. for their clientele. And it's, um, I think they charge $20 for it or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, <clears throat> but then if, if it went from like, oh, here, spend $20, spend $20 on this small thing. And then now you pay thousands of dollars later. That's when you should be more careful. If it's yeah. like, you're going to get maybe three pricing options, that's a lot more legitimate. Or if it's, so if the price jump is way too big, you know, then that yeah. might be a red flag. It doesn't always mean red flag, <laughs> right? but, but it could mean, and what I was going to say really quickly, I hope I'm not going too long, but like, if the pricing is an issue, if they're like, Hey, if you're like, Whoa, that is way out of my price range. And that is the reason why you've chosen not to go with that offer. It is such valuable information to give to whoever it is offering it and to say, nope, way too much money because a business owner is constantly trying to figure out how much to charge for their services. That's always the biggest like stressor when you're trying to figure out how to price a course or a, um, an online service. So it's valuable information. Give that to them. Say it's too much money. I would never spend X amount of dollars on that thing. And that would be very helpful for them. So, yeah. And in return, they may give an alternative and say, oh, okay, well, we have this other program or we have this other type of offer that may be a better fit. So you never know. I love that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we hope you guys got some value from this episode because we feel like it's something that you know, really will be helpful as you go on the journey of figuring out what your next coach is going to be, depending on what you're working on in your business. And, um, and ultimately, if you decide that you want to create a marketing plan that is going to help put your business on the path to success, we hope that you'll reach out and talk with us because we just may be a good fit for you. 
for sure. And then also if just to source this, we will put the uh, link to this particular article in the uh, podcast notes. So if you're curious about learning more about what it talks about there, by all means, go check it out and do your research. Awesome. Thanks guys. Have, have a fantastic time. week. Oh, yeah. See you. Have a great week. <laughs> We'd love to make your business our next success story. Visit mapcoaching.net for more information about our one-to-one coaching services. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook to be in the know on all things marketing.